Welcome back to the Beef Up Front College Football Show. This is your host, Ryan Coyle. Join alongside Joey Jets as we go into our college football Big Five games of the week. Week two edition. Uh, Joe blew the doors off me week one going four and one while I had a disappointing one and four start. I guess my upset picks didn't go through like I thought, but we're looking to get uh, get better this week and have a stronger week. Uh, welcome back to the show, Joe. How are you? I'm good, and ironically enough, your upset pick hit. Yeah, you true. Did I did Tech have Virginia Tech at UNC. My upset pick almost, almost hit, too. I had Florida yeah. State, but they obviously lost in overtime. Great week one. Mm-hmm. A lot of good games. A lot of fun. You know, I've been seeing this a lot, but it's so true. Like, I didn't realize how different college football was last season until watching the week one games with the bands and the fans. Jump around at Wisconsin. Because I, I was out a lot on Saturday, but I did watch almost all of Penn State, Wisconsin. And jump around was just electric mm-hmm. when they showed that. So that was a lot of fun. And I I can't wait for a week two. Yeah, the uh, the Georgia-Clemson game was a bit of a disappointment. I thought that was going to be a better contest. But uh, last week we had five ranked versus ranked games. This week we have one, two. Only two. We have two, but we have uh, we have a really two big pick. Big time schools that are not ranked right now. One one team got upset last week, um, and another ranked team versus a team that we could see potentially receiving some top twenty five votes this season as well. Uh, but we'll get into it right away. We have number twelve Oregon traveling across the country to play at number three Ohio State for a twelve p.m. kickoff on Fox. Ohio State is a fourteen and a half point favorite in this one. Who you got, Joe? I have Ohio State thirty one, Oregon twenty four. So I would take Oregon plus fourteen and a half. But um, I kind of wrote here quick. I wasn't really sold on C.J. Stroud, but I also wasn't sold on Oregon. Thibodeau being out, you know, ain't great. I have 31-24 because I think Oregon will score like a late touchdown to make it look a lot closer than it really is. But I feel like this is going to be a game where Ohio State is just going to completely dominate. First game in the horseshoe with full fans in two years. First home, you know, 20, 20th anniversary of 9-11. All the home teams are going to be, you know, bumping. Yeah. It's going to be crazy. So I think Ohio State's going to handle um, Oregon this weekend. Yeah, this is going to be a interesting game. I think at fourteen and a half is a really big number, though, for you know Ohio State only being ranked nine spots higher than Oregon. That could kind of show how uh, Vegas is thinking of these higher ranked teams, especially compared to like the teams outside the top ten this year. Um, but they didn't look that Oregon didn't look that great against Ohio, uh, Fresno State last week, so I, I could see why they have this big number here. Um, would be surprised to see if Thibodeau plays. They said he still might play. I think that might kind of just be, you know, coach speak to keep Ohio State on their toes with that. Um, but if he's unable to play, that'll be another big loss for their defense. Um, Ohio State did struggle to defend the run last week, and Oregon was able to run for 186 yards. Ohio State gave up over 200 on the ground. So um, could be tough to stop them, especially with their dual threat quarterback, Anthony Brown. But uh, Ohio State's offense really, really settled in last week after after that first quarter and looked pretty dangerous. C.J. Stroud threw four touchdowns, um, especially if Thibodeau doesn't play. I like Ohio State's chances in this one. Uh, second game of the week, probably the game I'm looking forward to the most, and that's number 10, Iowa, at number 9, Iowa State, 430 kickoff on ABC. Iowa State is a four-and-a-half-point favorite. I thought that was a pretty big number as well. Yeah, I agree. I don't understand why Iowa State's four-and-a-half. I'm not saying they should be favored. But yeah, I think I thought it would be more of like a two-and-a-half yeah, or a three. that's what I mean. I would do if I – you know, what, what, Vegas knows everything, obviously. And I also put in all caps, no clue why ESPN did not make this the 8 o'clock game. 
I don't know why they didn't flex this to the night game. But, you know, it's whatever. Iowa State always has those weird season opening, either ugly wins or losses. Two years ago before COVID, we were watching Northern Iowa, Iowa State, the McIlvaney magic in huh. double overtime. Iowa, Northern Iowa almost pulled out the upset. Last year, you know, UL Lafayette beat the crap out of them. Then this year they barely beat Northern Iowa. Um, Iowa might be the team to beat in the Big Ten. At least if you got Iowa versus Ohio State week one, I think Iowa would have beat Iowa or Ohio State. Uh That being said, I think being at home in Ames, Iowa State's going to win on a game-winning field goal 20-17. Brees Hall and Brock Purdy need to wake up, especially Brees Hall. He's supposed to be, you know, the best running back in the country. Um, But now, too, especially after Oklahoma didn't exactly look great against Tulane, Big 12 is wide open. Like, I know on paper, you know, Oklahoma's number two team in the country. But the Big 12 is wide open, and this game for Iowa State's going to go a huge way towards their playoff opportunities. And this game also means a lot, too, not just because of the rivalry, but now with the prospect of realignment and everything, if you're Iowa State, you win this game. Let's say the Big 12 does fold, even though, you know, there's stuff they're going to maybe add BYU, Cincy, and a couple other teams. But you, this is your chance to kind of make it known, like, hey, Big 10, if you need to expand, take us. Mm-hmm. If they win this game, they prove they're legit. Yeah. So. Yeah, this is a game I'm keeping an eye on because I want to see if Iowa's really that good or if Indiana, as we both had them taking a step back this year, uh, if they're just in for a down year. Because Iowa really beat the brakes off them. I think they picked off Penix three times and two were for pick six. But Didn't they bench him two at one point? Maybe. I don't, I don't know. Um, Iowa State, though, I got winning this football game at home, 28-24. I think this could be the biggest game in the history of this rivalry, 10 versus 9. Historically, Iowa State, not the greatest football program. Iowa is always solid, but more of like a, a 9-3-ish and three-ish team that, that's not ranked up this high. Um, both of these teams, though, as of right now, have a legit shot at making the playoff. Iowa State didn't look very good last week, and as I said earlier, Iowa did blow out Indiana. But the Cyclones are at home here, um, and I like Brock Purdy in the passing game of Ohio State over what Iowa brings to their table. Uh, Petras, I believe, is their quarterback. He only threw for like 145 yards last week. So uh, I think this will be a good fight here, a real physical game, but I give the nod to Iowa State. Third game of the week, we got App State traveling to number 22 Miami after not pulling off the upset over Alabama. This will be a 7 p.m. kickoff on ESPNU. Miami comes in as a nine-point favorite. I did not think Bama was going to beat Miami as bad as they did. I had Bama winning, but, I mean, they made Miami look incompetent, which is why I have the Appalachian State Mountaineers going down to Miami and winning by three points, 31-28. I don't know if the Eric King is 100% healthy. I was kind of in and out watching that game at, you know, at the party I was at this weekend. Just trying to watch more of the game, but. Derrick King didn't look that explosive. I know it's tough to look great against the Alabama defense, but I don't know. It just seemed like there was something off there. I don't really like – I I don't really trust Manny Diaz. I always thought he's kind of weird just as a human being. I don't know necessarily as a coach. Because, like, as, like, looking at him, I don't know. I never really liked him. App State cruised on Thursday night in the neutral side game against East Carolina. They also had an extra couple of days to rest up, watch film, get prepared for Miami. And Miami did get the living shit kicked out of them. So hmm. – I know it's a bold pick. I'm not even 100% behind it, but I'm going to stick with it. I think App State knocks off Miami this weekend. I'm rolling with Miami in a revenge game after they're going to make it up to me in this one. Um, After getting blown out by Bama last week, 33-27, I have them beating App State here. Um, Watching the game, it wasn't wasn't really even fair. Alabama last week just dominated the line of scrimmage from start to finish. Uh, But Clemson and USC both lost last weekend as well, so – 
Miami has a chance to run the table from here and be the top team in the ACC still. Uh, or maybe, or maybe they'll find a way to get like a two one loss teams at the top. Um, Miami still has a game against UNC coming up later in the season. We'll see if these these two teams who were viewed as potential ca- playoff contenders can turn it around after disappointing week ones. Um, but I think Miami should have a better chance to control the line of scrimmage in this one than they did against Alabama, and they do still have the best player on the field, even if he's not one hundred percent. I think Derek King. So App State's going to keep it close. They always do put up good fights against these bigger schools but I'm going to give Miami the win at home. Fourth game, we got Washington traveling to the big house to play at Michigan. This will be an 8 p.m. kickoff on ABC. Uh, Michigan's a seven-point favorite in this one. Washington really pissed me off last weekend. I, I mean, you and I had them. I think you had them winning the division. I, I had them winning the conference, right? Yeah, I think I had them. their only loss being to USC in yeah, the title the time, game. Yeah, I had them beating USC in the title game. But like, they pissed me off last weekend. You don't lose to Montana at home, especially in a season where it wasn't just you and I thinking they were going to win the division. They were kind of the consensus. It was them in Oregon. Like, if you're Washington, that's a game you need to win. But I think, you know, they could still turn around because Washington State did this a couple of years ago. They lost to an FCS team week one, but then they ended up going like 10-2. and two. So they turned it around. This is also the type of game – that was also the type of game though, that could divide the team and oh, screw yeah, over the year. Absolutely. The team – and if they lose this game, I saw on ESPN the last time Washington started 0-2 was like 0-8, and they went 0-12 that season. Oh, damn. Not saying that they're going to go 0-12. But, I mean, I think they could bounce back and have a decent season, but don't think it's going to be at the big house. This is a big spot for Michigan. You're primetime, 8 o'clock kickoff. I don't know why you're the primetime 8 o'clock kickoff. Hmm. You're at home, primetime kickoff. You want to kind of show the world, like, hey, you know, we believe in hardball, even though you really don't, whatever. So I think they're going to win this football game at home. I, I have Michigan 38, Washington 35. So I just don't see Washington just like laying down. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I'm going to roll with Michigan here as well. I'm taking them 28-24 over Washington. I, I really kind of just want to know what happened last week. Yeah. Only able to muster up seven points against Montana. Uh, but I don't think they could they could play much worse throughout the year. So they might have got that worst game of the season out already. Um, their quarterback threw three picks, and, and like they were talking about, this was a team I picked to win their side of the Pac-12, and they go out and lose to Montana. That was just a, a horrible start to the year. Michigan took care of business against Western Michigan, not not a great opponent, but they took care of their business, um, and they really ran the football well. Although I like Washington better in the long haul than Michigan this year, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Michigan here, sold out crowd at the Big House, uh, causing Washington to fall to 0 two. I think Michigan will have a really solid running game this year, and they're going to be able to use it here. They were another team that really ran the football well last week with a, a number of guys. In our fifth big game of the week, uh, number 21, Utah at BYU for a 10-15 kickoff on ESPN. Utah, seven-point favorite. This is a game of in-state rivals, right, Joseph? Huge. They call it the Holy War out huh. there. Big game. Um, I'm very high on Utah. I had them at 11-1 this season. I had their own loss being at USC, I believe. That's why I didn't have them getting into the Pac-12 title game. And I'm sticking to that. Uh, BYU without Zach Wilson stinks. And I'm not saying stinks like team stinks. It just sucks like because last year BYU had a truly great season. Mm-hmm. Um, one of BYU's best receivers, oh, Gutter Romney, such a BYU name, is doubtful to play. So um, that sucks too for BYU. <laughs> uh, I like Charlie Brewer, QB for Utah. Uh, I think he's a solid quarterback. But I did say, side note, you know, with the potential of BYU going to the Big 12, this is a huge game because if you want to prove that you belong in the Power Five, this is a game you need to take care of. Your rival's coming on the road. 
night game, 8.15 local time, I believe. Obviously, it's 10.15 on the East Coast. This is a huge game. This is your biggest game of the season if you're BYU. Mm -hmm. You need to take care of business at home, which is prime time for your time zone on ESPN. <laughs> I'm rolling with Utah here as well, 30-21, to 21, a little closer than you. Uh, BYU lost Zach Wilson, as you were just talking about, and some other key pieces to that team, including their left tackle. And I think it showed in week one as they barely beat Arizona, who I only had winning one game this year. I think you might have. I had them only winning one game, too. They were like the consensus favorite to finish last in the Pac-12. So that was a, a really bad week one for BYU. Um, Utah took care of business, only played Weber State, but it was 40-17 to 17 game. Um, and they used their familiar formula of ground and pound and strong defense. Were able to rush for 188 yards in week one and only gave up 65. So I expect them to kind of use that same formula this week. And I think this is one of the better defenses in the country. They'll be able to limit BYU on the ground, putting the pressure on an inexperienced quarterback. Uh, that'll lead to a nice, nice, comfortable nine-point win. And now we'll go to our upsets of the week where, as you said earlier, I did have Virginia Tech over UNC, and you had Florida State over Notre Dame, which went to overtime. So yeah, both both were close, exciting games. Uh, who's your upset this week? My upset this week is, once again, let me preface by saying this. I'm not, picking, I'm not saying this a lot. I'm saying this is my upset pick. Colorado over AM. The Aggies are going to Colorado. They're playing at Mile High Stadium. I don't know why they're not playing at Colorado. I don't know if this is considered a neutral site game, but I'm just, it's still going to be a pro Colorado crowd, at least I hope. They're in Denver. You got to have at least 60 40 Colorado. So I have Colorado pulling off that upset. AM, you know, they took care of business, but they didn't look that dominant against Kent State over the week, over last weekend. Another game to keep an eye on, I'm not saying this is my upset pick, UAB who is a very experienced CUSA team, going to Georgia, who was beat up, just played an absolute slugfest against Clemson. 25 and a half. I was going to say, I would at least look at that line. Yeah. Yeah, that would be uh, that would be something I would like probably lean towards. I like UAB looked pretty – I mean, they played Jacksonville State, but still, they're a tough team yeah. that's going to be probably win their conference. Uh, and with the way even Georgia's offense didn't really light the world on fire last week, I know they were playing Clemson, but I think that's a game where UAB could keep it under that 25 and a half. Uh, my upset, I'm going to take Buffalo over Nebraska. At, this is at Nebraska. Nebraska's a 14-point favorite. I forget who they played, Fordham, last week. Yeah, uh, yeah who's an FCS school. And then they the, started off slow. Yeah. And the week before, they got uh, kind of kind of beat in by Illinois. So Buffalo is a team that returns a lot of talent. Um, this is a team that's going to contend for a MAC title this year. It's just really still not sold on Nebraska, so. Like you were saying, John, I don't know if this is going to be an overall upset win, but Buffalo plus 14 I think would be a good pick this week, and I could see them potentially pulling off the upset. But that will do it for college football, big five games of the week, week two. Any comments before we head out? Let's get it going. We're in the we're in the thick of it now. Yeah. UCLA, UCLA Bruins will make the college football playoff this year. That's bold. 